We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Travelers Championship First Look and some research. I said I'd keep doing these shows as long as there was interest, and people have expressed interest in these shows. So here we go. I want to let everyone know if they want to get first dibs on the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open for the week at the Travelers. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. There are 5,000 seats this week there was 4,000 last week filled around Tuesday afternoon so get on top of this as quickly as possible go reserve your seat even if the pricing isn't out because as I'm doing this right now the pricing has not dropped for DraftKings there's also a millionaire maker again this week so remember to fill that up as well Pat Mayo experience open first though uh if we can fill this up quickly again with the 5,000 seats it will go up to 6,000 seats $15 to play three max entry flat payouts across the board and the best part there is no rake. So even if you min cash in the Pat Mayo Experience Open, you will get at least double your money. So it's what makes it the best tournament on DraftKings. Also, when I run the breakdown today, I'll be using FantasyNational.com. That's how I do all my research to use all my tools, generate my lineups. Uh, If you want to get 20% off at FantasyNational.com, I suggest you use promo code Mayo or just go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Easy enough. Even if you're on an existing code, if you go punch that one in, you should get 20% off on whenever your subscription renewal comes up, too. So I'd look into that. See if you're eligible to qualify for that 20% discount. I'll have my write-up Monday morning on DKPlaybook.com. The cheat sheet for DraftKings will be out on Tuesday evening. Show Monday with Jeff. Show Tuesday for DraftKings. Live chat once again, 12.30 p.m., Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel. will be up on the audio feed after the fact. Remember to smash the like button to the video. This one, especially. Come on now, people. and Give me your early lean on who is going to win the Travelers Championship. And I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio version. And listen, if you can leave a review, that would be great. 
But if you're just like listening on your phone right now as this is coming through, just scroll to the bottom of the Pat Mayo experience and just hit five stars. If you don't want to leave the review, you don't have to. I would prefer it because that would be great for the show. But if you just hit five stars, that is also something that can really help. It literally takes four seconds. So please, if you're out there, rate the show. Five stars. Much appreciated. Let's get into this a little bit. Travelers Championship. Obviously, I don't know what is happening at the RBC Heritage right now in terms of its conclusion. All I know is that Sergio Garcia, uh, I bet live after the first round at 250 to 1 with the top six each way. So hopefully he can somehow finish inside the top six by the time Sunday is over. But he is just annihilating it with his irons right now and cannot make a putt through three rounds. He's lost five and a half strokes putting. That's fun. He, I watched him miss, you know, multiple four footers on Saturday. If he had just made those, he would have been tied for the lead as I record this right now with Terrell Hatton. I'm not sure where like Bryson Webb Connors or Palmer are going to end up once their round concludes, but uh, early lean for me, like I said in the description or in the comment section of this video, if you have an early lean, my early lean is Sergio. Uh, when I think about the travelers championship, one of the big discussions that we're going to have all week is do you use Bubba or do you not use Bubba? He's won three times here in the past 10 years. Uh, we cashed a big ticket on him, I believe at 30 to one, two years ago, hit Russell Knox four years ago at this course. And the two in between when Shez Reeve won and who was the other goober who ended up winning? Oh yeah. Spieth chipped in in the playoff hole against Berger. That was fun. Uh, didn't do so hot those years. The other two years, not so bad. So hopefully it's on an every year basis. We can hit a, hit a winner again at the Travelers. It's another Pete Dye course. So that's two weeks in a row. And again, one of the big things that we've seen the past two weeks, there's been a lot made about the actual like course history and it leans towards these smaller hitters. That's what we've seen have success at Colonial and Harbortown in the past. But the big difference was none of the top players ever played at Colonial or Harbortown. So these guys with all the distance in the world are shockingly playing really well. Turns out a lot of these guys who hit the ball the farthest on tour are the best players in the world. And regardless of where they show up to, they're going to play. So I don't, I forget who mentioned this, but I thought it was a really apt point that it's not that these tournaments are just like, oh, bombers can't win here. No one's saying that. It's just these are also tournaments where the shorter hitters can actually compete. There are certain courses we're going to get to on tour where the guys who just are in the bottom half of driving distance have basically no chance of winning. They would have to make every putt and stick every long iron. The degree of difficulty for that is just so much higher. And Travelers, much like the last two weeks, yes, it's a Pete Dye course, but it's a shorter course as well. So bombers are going to play well, and the shorter hitters are also going to have a chance to win. The advantage off the tee in terms of distance is going to be relatively mitigated uh, at TPC River Highlands up in well, in Connecticut, just outside of Hartford. So overall, let's just jump into this and check out Fantasy National right here. The field's already loaded in if you want to get into it. We'll research some stats from last week, the in-tournament stats, too, to see if anyone really pops out. Sergio, of course, is my early lean uh, on all of this. Hopefully he can just win Heritage. That would be fucking fantastic. Uh, or unless Tower Duncan just wants to get really hot the rest of his round and then win on Sunday. I, I have two of 20 Millionaire Maker teams Six of six uh, for the RBC Heritage. And one of them has a 0.4% owned Tyler Duncan. If he can somehow win, maybe I can get some good Kadira vibes on the go because I think the other, the other guys on that team, I mean, Woodland absolutely blew up. But I think the other guys on that team are Webb and Hatton, Duncan, Woodland, and two other jabronis who I can't remember. And Ma Maverick McNeely is definitely one of them. The other one's probably Justin Thomas, now that I think about it. So hopefully those guys can all play well on Sunday and maybe I'll have a whole lot of money. Probably not going to happen, though. So the Travelers field itself, we can just click on past course conditions uh, and take a look at it. 
one of the things that you'll notice here, and even if you go back and reference my column from last year, I'll have it updated again this year. Obviously, a Pete Dye course, it measures in at 6,841 yards. It's very short. It's a par 70. There's also seven par fours that measure in between 400 and 450 yards. So we're going to really be targeting a lot of players who play well from that range. There's eagles to be made on some of the par fives in 2018-33 between the two par fives. So some of the bombers are going to have an especially easy time on some of these. It's middle of the pack generally in terms of what we see. So scoring is pretty much average Uh, it can play difficult if stuff really picks up from time to time Uh, the rough is long the green speed has been fast but it's also been really slow so we go back to 2012 almost as slow as can be velcro then it's average and then it's fast it's been faster the past few years so i would expect it to be fast once again with that grown out rough not very many people have been playing tpc river highlands they've been keeping it closed so that will be interesting to see what kind of condition it's in i expect it to be in pristine condition so that's always something to worth now let's go to the course breakdown and see what has played well here over the years uh, i instantly like to go to see if there's any showdown advantage but it seems like holds one two and three are probably your best bets for birdie streaks uh, unless you can go 13 14 and 15 but it doesn't seem like anyone starting on the back versus the front are going to have any sort of significant advantage uh, coming out unless you think that guys are like rusty coming out of the gate so if they start thursday on one maybe they're not in full swing yet maybe you want the guys starting on 10 that is pure conjecture though uh, as everyone will tackle these holes in order with 17 and 18 being two of the toughest holes on the course and 10 being the third most difficult the wraparound is going to be a little bit tricky uh, this is a ball strikers course just pure and simple like around the green is going to matter a little bit we see off the tee outweighs around the green it's a lot closer than approach uh, if we go up to top five finishers over the past it's an even more pronounced difference you want guys that can drive it you want guys that can hit irons that's not a huge revelation to anyone but this is the first time that we've seen off the tee really rank off the charts the past few we- of the courses we've seen since we've come back so colonial it ended up making a difference like you always want to drive the ball well like matt wallace right now at harbor town isn't really hitting his irons all that well but he's driving the ball like a savant so you know you can attack courses in myriad ways but if you can be driving the ball well and hitting your approaches semi-close you're going to be in pretty good shape here uh par fives are where you know the strokes are going to be gained the most you want to be potentially in eagle range for some of these the par fours like i mentioned those short ones is where you're going to do your damage just don't bleed strokes on the par threes there's four of them uh when we take a look and sort by everything like they're tough but you know three of them right inside the top nine toughest holes uh but you know the bogey percentage 18 percent 14 percent nine percent 15 percent uh just around kind of the same in terms of birdie average as well so uh, i wouldn't say like go target a par three specialist at a par 70 that's always nice to have but in terms of it actually affecting anything, well, it seems like the par fours and par fives are going to be far more relevant this week. I told you about the hole composition. You see seven of the holes, par fours, 400 to 450 yards. A few of the longer ones, two of the shorter ones. But in general, this is the range where people are going to make their bones. This is where the birdies have to come from this week, along with the par fives, if you're going to have any shot at doing this. Uh, when we look at the par fives, you can see the eagle rates, um, 3.1% on hole number 13 and 1.1% on number six. There's also a drivable par four. It's 289 yards, almost a 2% eagle rate on 
down that hole as well. So distance will actually play a little bit of a factor there, but that does, I mean, any hole that's under 300 yards can be attacked by almost anyone. If we look at the average shot distribution, you're going to find really not, not a whole lot after 175 yards. So shorter irons, wedges are really what we're going to see outside of like the par fives when you get the 200 plus. The historical cut line, is a bit trickier we've seen it be minus one the past two years at this course but as we've seen with the more expanded fields like this field for the travelers is going to be 154 players um just like we've seen the past two weeks at Colonial and Harbor Town, that is much larger than we're used to at those two courses in particular Uh, and the quality of field is just going to be better I wouldn't be stunned if it was minus four again this week when we come down to it, driving accuracy. So unlike Harbor Town, where you can put it into the trees off the tee, which is what a lot of our best friends have been doing this week. No thanks to them. Uh, here, you're probably going to hit the fairway, unless you're Paul Casey. Uh, when we were betting against him, and Bubba had that immac- him and J- Bubba and JB two years ago just really went ham in the final round. It looked like Casey was going to pull it off, but he got stuck behind a tree in the middle of the fairway, and that just completely demolished his round. I don't know. Just a really bad break. Worked out in our favor, but 67% of the fairways are hit by the entire field as opposed to tour average of around 61%. So uh, even your less accurate players are going to be hitting the fairway here a lot more often. We mentioned the the rough is long. Probably one of the few hazards here that if you do venture off, it's going to be a little bit tougher to scramble. Although scrambling a little bit tougher than it has been uh, in just your average tour event, just by a little bit. And the greens regulation percentage a little bit higher. Guys can go low. Here we see the average distribution generally going to get 68, 69, 70, 1, 2, or even minus one, minus two. I would say that we're going to see more in the 67 range this week with the talent of field being so much stronger, even 66. You know, very rarely are you going to see your, well, you're going to get your Jim Furyk 58s every once and again. But a few 61s, a few 62s, a few 63s, those can happen at a scoring course like this, but you need to be so hot with your irons and so hot with your putter. You really need to see how that ends up going. The average driving distance here is a bit less than your average tour event. I can see that actually evening out now that you have your Brooks, your DJ, your Brysons, your Rory's all in the field all at one time. Usually you just get a spattering of those guys and there's really not much to it. We go back. Uh, we won't look too much into recent results because nothing is loaded yet because the tournament this week is not finished. But we'll look at some tournament history uh, and just kind of go back and check out what we've seen the past few years. If we look at overall total strokes. Now this is a cumulative stats so if you've played five times the chances of you having more strokes gained are going to be good but Casey Herman Bubba Watson I believe those guys finished one two three at one two three in 2015 Uh, Paul Casey's just been a dynamo he's back in the field this week too Keegan Bradley from the area almost every other year does well however he did gain almost 10 strokes putting on his t2 last year we'll dig into the strokes gained in a second from a year ago but it's just crazy to see that number for Keegan Bradley Uh, Bryson's come inside the top 10 the last few years as as Kevin Tway, Shez Reeve coming off a, an immaculate performance contending with the big dogs at Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open last year, travels across the country, notches his win. So just looking at that, I mean, Harmon's a bit of an outlier, but Casey, Bubba Watson, Keegan Bradley, Bryson, uh, you see Patrick Rogers up here as well as someone who has played well in the past, Leishman, Patrick Reed, Charlie Hoffman. Where do these guys all kind of play well? Riviera would be my 
kind of key to that. Uh, I think that is, I don't know why it's so much of a corollary. Maybe it's the shot shapes that are somewhat similar. Uh, Cantley has back-to-back T15s. We'll get him for the first time this season as well, or since the break at least, uh, back in the field. But Riviera, for whatever reason, seems to have a lot of crossover. Bubba's won both three times, so maybe that has something to do with it. Just looking back at last year's leaderboard and who's actually here, Zach Sucker, who came T2, is not in the field this time around, but Shez, Keegan, and Vaughn Taylor were your one, two, three. They had Casey Neiman. Neiman will be really interesting next week. Coming off a really, it'll be interesting to see how he actually finishes his RBC heritage after having a storm of the leaderboard on Saturday. He could be incredibly chalky this time around, although Poa is his worst putting surface. We're getting that with a bit of bent grass mixed in this week, but in general, this seems to be a pretty good course for him. Let's see his overall strokes gain from his T5 last year. You know, did some damage on the greens, did damage in all. He actually underperformed, generally speaking, of where you would want him to be to actually contend off the tee in an approach. Didn't even crack two in either of those. I mean, on like those are great numbers, don't get me wrong. But if you're actually going to win, you'd want those to be a bit higher uh, when we get into the ball striking categories and see who is really up there. Answer ended up finishing inside the top 10. He's been on a run lately as well. I guess the other one, kind of looking at it, uh, from like kind of the long view, uh, Shez has won here. Spieth has won here. Bubba has won. We don't really get Casey all that often uh, in Phoenix, but it does seem like Phoenix could be a bit of a corollary here too. It's not a similar type field. We see Bubba, Casey, Hosler, Sink, Tway, Harmon, Henley, Bryson the year before, along with Day and Rory. Cantlay going to hit it up there as well. J.B. Holmes uh, in 2017 finished especially or in 2018 actually finished really high as well. He's not in the field, but he's someone else who has won in Phoenix in the past and played well at Riviera too. So that will be really interesting to see. And like I said, you're going to see a smatter like Baba obviously has a ton of distance off the tee. Casey is one of the premier ball strikers on tour. Stuart Sink, although he's an old man, is still a very good ball striker. Uh, Harmon, you know, he's a good putter. He's not especially long off the tee. Tway's long. Henley's kind of mid-range. Rory and Bryson and Day, obviously long off the tee. Hoffman, when he's rolling, is an excellent ball striker. Danny Lee, not so long. Kyle Stanley, not so long. Has also won in, or has won in Phoenix, too, uh, come to think of it. Cantlay, long. Griot, not so long. Love Mark, long. Zach Johnson, not so long. Brooks, super long. Uh, Matt Jones actually having a nice week at... Uh, uh, RBC Heritage. Keep him on your radar too when it comes down to this. Malnati's like one of the shortest guys on tour off the tee. So it's interesting to see him come inside the top 30. So like I said, there's a myriad range of skill sets that you can target this week, but I would just rely on ball striking over anything if we're going to go down to it. Uh, I'm going to check out my model from last year and see how it was let's see tpc river highlands is that what it's under or is it just under travelers travelers good at the top what do i have in here from last time ball striking i waited at 20 percent. i even doubled down on approach and off the tee individually probably shouldn't do that as ball striking includes both of those but you know i'm a bit of a goober sometimes t to green 10 percent. par four overall 10 percent. i waited par fours 400 to 450 at five percent par fives gained birdies are better gained at 15% and strokes gained putting at five. I'm actually going to add in Eagles gain because I'm not so, I mean, yes, if you were to make a ton of Eagles, that would be great, obviously, in terms of trying to outright win the tournament. But uh, in terms of DraftKings scoring, they're worth eight. Birdies are worth 
the birdies are worth five or worth three. So it's a five point difference. The more eagles you can make, the better. So I'm going to scale back a little bit on off the tee since I've accounted for it anyway in ball striking. I'll scale those back both by 5%. I'll just add 5% to ball striking and I'll add 5% to eagles as well. Just trying to see what else I have here. If I'm going to add eagles, I'm going to subtract a little bit from birdies or better gained. And I think I'm going to put an overemphasis uh, on the par fours, 400 to 450 yards and look long-term to see who has been really good at those numbers and we'll just load up the field uh like i mentioned oh another riviera guy is sergio too so <laughs> i mean if sergio wins i think everyone's everyone's just going to look at his numbers from this week and just be all over him and i'm trying to decide is the ownership going to get too high for a guy who can't putt that's always going to be a problem as we're seeing it this week i mean he's lost five and a half strokes on the greens like that can happen again that's not going to be good news for anyone even if the ball striking stays up but i, I have a feeling that he's going to come in at pretty elevated ownership next week um if we go back and just look at all of the winners like when i kind of go through the entire thing i mentioned shez won last year then it was bubba at minus 17 spieth chipped in against daniel berger in that playoff to win at 12 under Knox won the year before at 14 bubba in 2015 at minus 16 kevin streelman went ham on sunday just birding all of the final holes in 2014 won at minus 15 the duke ken duke minus 12 in 2013 mark leishman won in 2012 at minus 14 the Yak Man, Freddie Yak, Scrambling Man, minus 20 in 2011. Then Bubba Watson won in 2010. It's funny when you look at it with Bubba Watson. Uh, he was kind of contending a little bit, a smidge, when it came to RBC Heritage until Saturday. And he's kind of went off the map a little bit. But you look at his wins over the course of his careers. Obviously, Augusta, he's won twice. And he's won at Riviera a bunch of times. But he's won at... Pete Dye's Zurich. He's won here three times, and he's won at the Austin Country Club, another Pete Dye course. So at certain places, he can really be a Pete Dye specialist when we think about it. Let's go back to the model now uh, and just check out who rates out really well over the past 50 rounds. So one of the reasons I do include approach and off the tee still, uh, even though I have ball striking, is I just like to see them separated just in my, you could weight them at zero if you wanted to. I just like to look at them to give me a sense. So the top 10 in the model as it stands right now, Rory, JT, Xander, Cantlay back in the field, Rom, Casey, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, and Sungjae Im, Neiman, Woodland, Connors, Reed, and Webb uh, round up the top 15. Now, obviously, the information from RBC Heritage has not been included in this yet, so you'll have to wait for the tournament to finish its conclusion so that ends up updating so i just want to see very quickly over the past 50 rounds who is the best on those short par fours rory bryson bryce garnett he's actually having quite a week at rbc heritage you always like him on bermuda more than anything though coastal courses bermuda he's sort of like graham mcdowell in that way that's if you ever see him pop up it's usually on that type of course rafa cabrea bayo huh webb sungjay i'm just gonna bet these losers every single week and just lose my money hopefully webb can win this week and i mean if sergio can't win webb winning would be fantastic leishman hoagie doc redman and xander shoffley uh also oh good byun hun and fantastic thank thanks for showing up this week ben uh, just absolutely him and him murdered so many of my fucking lineups and good ones too that it, it just absolutely blows my mind it really puts me on tilt eagles gained over the last 50 let's see scott stallings actually having a week right now at rbc heritage morikawa i think i bet morikawa to win He's having an unusually bad, I mean, he's having a good ball striking week at Heritage. It's just not up to his normal level. 
uh, and the putting has really been off. So maybe some of the shine. Oh, he lost in a playoff. Oh, he you know he made the cut at Harbor Town, but didn't play all that well. I almost prefer he had like a really bad round on Sunday. Him and Bubba, maybe that will quell their prices just a little bit. Like if Sergio's not going to go out and shoot like a sixty-three on Sunday at Heritage, I prefer he shoot eighty, and then it'll just you know put him back down into that 50, 60 to one range, and then we can have some fun with that. Scheffler is currently in the field. He withdrew earlier this week. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to end up playing itself out. Uh, obviously, Nick Watney tested positive for COVID. We're going to get some more COVID tests. Uh, they tested nine players, as it turned out, um, who were like in close proximity to Nick Watney. The first wave of testing came back negative for those guys on Saturday morning. Uh, and then the second round of testing, because they like to double up just to confirm positive or negative, has yet to be released. As I'm recording this, I'm sure we'll really dig into this on Mondays, because the odds aren't going to be out till Monday morning anyway, so it's not going to really affect anything. But if he was in proximity to some of these guys and they test positive, they have to go into quarantine for 14 days. Justin Thomas actually made mention that Harbortown's kind of his, his quote, it's a zoo with so many people running around like they didn't really keep the bubble as it was supposed to be. The players did in terms of their travel, but you know, Justin Thomas said driving up to the course, restaurants are packed. I doubt that's going to be the case in Connecticut. I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot of people at the course overall just because it's been shut down. So only essential personnel to run this tournament, the broadcasters, the golfers, their teams, uh, and try to keep that bubble as small as possible. Hopefully we don't see any more COVID positives. We've seen six, I believe, so far on the Corn Ferry Tour. It hasn't shut them down unless there is a giant spike, a cluster of players who end up testing positive. I think this is good news as it pertains to the tour maintaining its level. This was the plan all along. Guys, we knew the players were going to test positive. So what happens in the aftermath? I was initially worried with the rash of positive tests across all sports on Friday that there was a chance that this could be shut down again. Like all it really takes is a Brooks or a Rory or one of these very top end players who just says, you know what? If people are testing positive, I don't feel safe. I don't want to play. And then all of a sudden we're shut down again. So just be very wary of that. But it doesn't, I was just worried there would be on the corn ferry tour. That's one thing. No one's really paying attention to the corn ferry tour. But if any of these guys in Washington are like, I can't believe they're playing golf. We need to shut them down. Look, look how irresponsible they're being like that kind of thing. Uh, even though that these are the measures put in place, people approve them. It's not like they're gathering all the fans together it's not like you know they're jamming 25,000 people into a stadium like shoulder to shoulder there's no fans at the course it's as spread out as possible they're trying to do the best of what they can if this is going to be the norm where one or two guys kind of test positive every week hopefully not but if that's the case that we can continue rolling on then we won't lose golf we need golf right now all the individual sports are kicking around it's yet to be seen what's happening with the team sports but uh, that's just something to watch out for. I thought initially it could have been Scheffler who was the, like, until it came out that it was Watney, I thought it could have been Scheffler because he had WD'd before the event. No reason was given. Maybe he just wanted to take the week off, get to Connecticut. I don't know. But he does rate out really well. So Eagles gain Stallings, Morikawa, List, oh, Mr. Burns. Sammy Burns, another guy fucked over my lineups this week. Not too many. Two out of, two out of 20, but still. It would have been nice to have you make the weekend, Sammy. Uh, he makes a ton of Eagles, though. Scotty Scheffler, Rory, Nasty, Nate Lashley. Bub Rub, whoop, whoop, Webb Simpson, John Rom. Rom's going to be super interesting. He missed so many short putts Saturday at Heritage and still shot five under. Oh, Hubba Hubbard, he keeps popping up. King Carlos Ortiz, this doesn't even include the two that he made in the third round at Heritage. So interesting to see him. Norlander is in the field. 
makes a ton of eagles. I just wanted to bring him up very quickly. I believe, yeah, he was really good tee to green at Charles Schwab. Lost almost four strokes putting in two rounds. That's this, you know, happens with him as we've seen over his past little bit. He's missed three consecutive cuts. He's not a great player, but I bet you he comes in at like six thousand sixty one hundred dollars on DraftKings if he can keep those irons all fired up and maybe make some eagles. Has he played Travelers? Yeah, he's made the cut twice at Travelers. I don't think he's going to get a T eighty three again, but he gained a bunch of strokes in twenty sixteen when he played here. It's been a while for Henrik Norlander. Is this Swede? Maybe a low Swede bet between him and Norin if they're the only two in the field. I don't know if Stenson is back. Is Stenson back? Stenson is not playing. So we're getting Cantley and Paul Casey appear to be the ones making like the bigger names making their returns to the course this week. Let's go back long term. Uh, and you can go by season too. If you just look here on the left hand side, you can go by season and you can even go a custom date range too. If you want to go time frame and go custom date range and look over the, like the past two years, go like all rounds past two years. And maybe we should try that out. It'll take a second to load, obviously. So let's go all rounds. And it'll bring us all rounds like forever. We'll let that load in and go to the custom date range. So, uh, so let's see here. We have June 15th, 2020. Sure. Uh, just before this tournament started. Yeah, let's go back to January 1st, 2017. So we'll get the last three years of data uh, and see what actually happens with this. Maybe we'll go to 2018, get the last two years. So we'll go to January 1st, 2018. We'll let that load in and see what's happening. Yeah, let's check in with the leaderboard, too, to see what's see what's going on here. I probably should have brought that up on my phone so we're just not, like, on Google all the time. But click on the leaderboard. Running a lot of stuff on the computer right now. So <laughs> the Internet's not quite as fast. I think I'm uploading a fantasy football video. Check out the movie bracket that I did, released over the weekend. So I had part one and two with Gary and Tim where we did the 2000s. Oh, Ryan Palmer has got himself into a tie for the lead. Webb is still kicking it at minus 14, along with the Mexican Allen Iverson. Answer, there's our guy Sergio sitting there at minus 13. Just remember at Heritage, the winners come from behind each of the past like seven years or something like that, and some of them as long as six strokes behind. Fitzy and Connors both sticking at minus 13. Brooks and Poulter at minus 12, along with Bryson. I guess my guy T. Dunks really kind of gave it back, finished at 11. Oh, Tyler Duncan, you couldn't have... How, how short was this stupid miss on fucking 18? Let's see. Oh, 13 for you. Well, I can't kill you for that. I wish he would have made that. He missed so many of those today. It's kind of frustrating. If the leaders don't get anywhere deeper than minus 15, the stats don't really point at all to Matt Wallace, uh, but he's within that range, like four strokes back, five strokes back, where you can make a run. And he's just someone who has closing time on the mind. We've seen it before. Someone just jumped up the leaderboard. Was it Brooks or did someone drop back? You know, Corey Connors looks like he dropped back. Yeah, either way, uh, hopefully Webb, like I said, can just kind of go with it. Let's see what happens here. All right, so the past all rounds. Did this give us the custom date range? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Let's see here. My rank long term um, as it comes down to this. Let's see, June 2020. Uh, and we'll go with that. Maybe that will give us a better sample when it comes down to it. When I loaded in all rounds, I probably should have set the date range first uh, so it didn't load in like a 1,000 rounds into the system. Sometimes uh, it'll take you a little bit longer. Oh, no, there's Norn right there. Hmm. <sighs> this, the sweats today were not great between Duncan and Sergio for me. This had so many makeable putts and just kept missing them. What is stupid Webb up to? He's on a par five right now. Oh, just very calm. Well, let's, let's see how he's been missing putts. I saw he missed a short one on, I think it was nine. Let's see, 45 feet. Yeah, that's not so bad. 10 feet, miss. 10 feet, miss. Nine feet, miss. 
32 feet. Well, that's going to happen. How so? Uh, Webb, after making every 27-foot putt on Friday, can't make a 10-footer to save his life on Sunday. Hopefully he can notch another one, one, two, or three coming home here. Just don't give any away. Just keep yourself in contention. All right. So past two and a half years since January 2018. Let's see how the ranking actually works out to this. Rory... JT. JT is a really interesting case from this tournament last year, if we go and look at it. So he might be someone to jump back on I, where he's going to finish middle of the pack unless he storms it on Sunday. Uh, he lost like eight strokes putting at this tournament last year, if I recall. Yeah, gained 11.2 strokes tee to green. Best on, off the tee in approach, so ball striking wise, lost 7.8 strokes on the green. Lost three and a half the year before that, too, but came set third in 2016, missed the cut. In 2017, miscut 30th in his career here. That's that's really early for Justin Thomas, 2013. But you know, you, you're going to have good putting rounds. You're going to have bad putting rounds. I, I do like to see that the tee to green game has been really good. We know he was struggling with the putter a little bit at Heritage the first two days as well. So that's really interesting to see. So long-term form. This is really why I wanted to dig into it. Eagles, the par four scoring on the short hole. Just see who historically, like you can look at your past 12 rounds, I mean, if you had one really hot round, that's going to skew everything. So long-term, as we look at this right now, the Eagles gained. McElroy Burns still pops up again. That's over 137 rounds the past two and a half years. Webb, Eagles gained. Really, Webb Simpson. Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Morikawa, Kepka, List, Bubba, DJ, Adam Long, Paul Casey, Scott Stallings still pops up there. Tony Fino. Oh, my God. James Hahn! First time we've seen him in a while. Oh, good. Grayson Murray is back in the field. I can't wait for him to fucking take all my money again. There's Henrik Norlander still pops up. Bryson. So, yeah. Matt Wallace. Maybe he'll be somewhat interesting for next week. That's only uh, 64 rounds full of data. Maybe there's a spot where Fino can finally get it done. So that long-term adjusted all-rounds modeling is Rory, JT, DJ, Cantley, Woodland Top 5, Bryson, Fino, Casey, Xander, Rom, Neiman, Rose, Morikawa, Kepka. Webb, Kokrak, Grio, Connors, Hovland, Sung J M. Oh, good. Ben Ann, 21st. Thanks, fucking Ben Ann. Um, anyway, so that's the long term adjusted. If we look at who's the best on those short par fours, you got Webb, Rory, Reed, Bryson, DJ, one, two, three, four, five, Day, Redmond, Cantley, Poulter, Xander, and Answer. Man, I. Answer's going to make a run at this. He could win on Sunday at Heritage. I'm curious to see what his number is going to be coming in. Uh, 33 for i guess there's still all the top players here dj is going to be an interesting case too. him and brooks see if their odds rebound a little bit i think the market will be quicker to catch up on brooks than potentially dj it's gonna be a really nice spot for dj i don't know if he's ever played this tournament before let's go find out what his history at l travelers has been over the years travelers he played it in 2014 and came 31st that is not really telling me a whole lot Hold on. But I guess he's been gaining off the tee. Let's go back and kind of that's that's kind of like the early look at the stats, the key stats that I'm kind of targeting this week. We look at overall par fours, JT, Rory Webb. Feels like Rory's just going to put all four rounds together. Like him and Justin Thomas have had like one bad round each of the past two tournaments. And it's like taking them out of contention. And then they get themselves back into contention by the time that it's over. It's like the Matt Kuchar method. But if they can just not kind of have a bad start or make some putts on Thursday. Like these seem to be the two guys that you really want to go after. They're probably going to be the two highest price guys. So that's going to be tough. Um, maybe if there's someone who down the list here could be a cheap price. Streelman, he's won here before, so people will probably be on him. You probably have to go with fucking Berger at this point. Uh, three in a row to pull off is going to be tough in terms of having great tournaments, but 
come on. Uh, it, it's It's been pretty good. And he's lost in the playoff here, too. So he does have a, a bit of credibility at this course. I don't know if I can go back to Grio again. The guy's just been murdering me. Palmer. Sergio is going to be super chalky coming off the week as his answer, as will Bubba. Those three guys, ah, you're probably going to have to go with it anyway, uh, depending on how chalky they end up going to. Like if you had faded Webb and Bryson this week, and you're probably missing out on a ton of money. Aaron Wise, Ben Ross is definitely going to be on in on him. Naismith, or the Knights who say Neesmith, will end up, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to see. He's having a really bad Saturday at Heritage, so maybe people back off. He'll likely be in the 6,000s. Sam Ryder having a good Heritage. He'll likely be in the 6,000s. Vegas, uh, someone remind me when I get to the betting on Monday, like tweet at me, that I want to bet Johnny Vegas for first-round leader. He just keeps pot, like having pop rounds as it comes through, uh, and then he can't keep it together whatsoever. But still, uh, I, if you, I just need him to have a hot round on Thursday, and he could be good to go. Maybe a showdown guy each of the days just because he keeps having one. Cameron Champ could be very interesting. He'll be in the $6,000 area, same as Stallings. Uh, we mentioned that you know he's really good at a very high eagle rate for whatever reason, uh, and he's playing really well at Heritage right now. So those are some of the guys to watch out for. Vaughn Taylor obviously had the hot Thursday at Heritage, came inside the top five last year. He'll probably end up getting some buzz as well. Billy Horschel missed the cut on the number this week, so maybe people are pissed off at him. You could probably go back to him in this spot as well. He'll be in the lower $7,000 area on DraftKings, I would assume, when it comes down to it. But let's close these tabs at the top. Let's switch back over to Heritage. Let's get some DraftKings Heritage in our life here. And that way I can see the in-tournament stats uh, is the main, is the only reason I'm switching back. You can't see those if you're on a different tournament. Once this loads up, so we're looking at our in-tournament stats right now. Let's switch over to total to find out what's happening. Oh, Terrell Atten is blowing everyone. Him, Ortiz, and Burger Time are killing everyone uh, in the putting game, along with Matthew Fitzpatrick this week, Mac Hughes, and Webb Simpson. Webb gained over six strokes in round two, so he has not been as good in the other two rounds, especially not in round four as it goes on right now. Uh, Maverick McNeely is let's see here is gaining a bunch the guy has been brutal on approaches it's funny because mav is usually someone who is good on approach good at putting can't drive and can't chip at least that's my recollection of how he does yeah approach gained marginal loss gain 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 usually loses off the tee so this is a bit of a bizarro week for him swapping out the good off the tee with the good approach maybe he's someone you can go back to potentially next week let's see he missed the cut at arnold palmer but before that made the cut last week made the cut this week 11th 5th 15th 37th hasn't missed a cut since sanderson farms back in the middle of the swing season he's someone who's likely to be in the low 7,000, high 6,000 range next week so uh maybe he can shake off the approach maybe we'll see something on sunday in terms of his numbers just raw let's just go to round three and see how people are playing obviously not everyone's off the course yet but approach Damon, oh man, if the dude had made a putty, would have been great. Damon, Redmond, Sergio, Answer, Neiman were your best guys on approach. Ball striking is what we're looking at for next week. So Damon, Answer, Sergio, Doc, and Neiman. Rose was just right behind. You can just see these guys. They had made made some putts. Like Answer's tied for the lead right now. Uh, as I'm looking at this, he's minus 15 through 16 holes. But 1.4 strokes lost putting in this round. Like this is a really big opportunity that got away from me lost a lot in round one as well so he appears to be the guy him and Sergio 
if they can just normalize their putting or potentially even have a good putting week, they're the ones close enough in contention here when we look at ball striking from round three that can really get it together. Uh, Palmer, too, who's also tied for the lead now, once we check in, uh, is not having a great putting week. But uh, you just get a miracle three-strokes game putting. They just have that hot day. Then all of a sudden, we're looking good. There's uh, Matt Jones. So over the course, he's minus nine right now. Gained off the tee, gained on approach, 1.5 in ball striking. Like I said, he he generally does ball strike pretty well. But um, I'm curious to see where it ends up happening. Oh, good. Webb Simpson is now tied for the lead. Good for you, Webb. Uh, he and Palmer and Answer are all through that back par five right now. I'm sure you'll know that because you're watching this on a Sunday morning or a Monday morning to get yourself up to date on everything. But uh, that's how we're checking it out right now. Matt Jones, long term. Let's see. Gain, gains off the tee almost every single week. Rarely gains on approaches. Let's see how he's played Travelers. We saw that top 22 years ago. He's made the cut the past three years. Uh, has not really played well on approach. Maybe not someone you want to target, but it's going to be a name no one's really going to have out there as well. Landry, kind of interesting. Uh, he's in the clubhouse at minus 12 through three rounds. A very good ball striking round loss. Let's just go look at his all rounds uh, throughout the course of the tournament and see how Landry is doing. Cause he's always someone who pops up in the $6,000 range, really good around the green, gaining a bit on putting, having his best ball striking funnily enough in round three. That's nice to see. Maybe he can trend throughout the course of the weekend. If we look at the best overall ball strikers for the week, answer Sergio Damon, Redmond Palmer, the Neiman EVR, man. I was on EVR last week and jumped off. Huge mistakes. I got on the Seabez as my guy from South Africa. Although all the South Africans minus Louie played really well this week. So ball striking wise, those are the guys to watch out for. Rose still kind of crushing it a little bit. Is he in the field next week? I can't even remember now. I assume most of the guys who are playing in Hilton Head are going to go to Connecticut. Maybe they'll want to take some time off. Maybe we'll eventually get two weeks from now. I th I'm thinking that's when we're going to see tiger woods uh let's see landry at the travelers over the years 43rd gained hugely ball striking has been very poor on the greens at travelers over the past five years but nice to see that ball striking do pretty well so hmm, interesting to see on his front um travelers why don't you load travelers i think it's because i have this open right now travelers oh it's because i'm looking at custom model all rounds let's just go back to the past 24 rounds so it doesn't have much to uh much to really go into. It's funny. It just loaded, and then I changed it again. Mav McNeely, Andrew Landry, Matt Jones. Yeah, why am I already looking at these? I should really focus on the top and really try to narrow it down. Although it seems like I want Sergio. It seems like I want Morikawa. Um, so I'm just looking at the last two months. Probably shouldn't have done that. Either way, I just want to see if Rose is in the field or not. Justin Rose will be there. Another guy who's played well, Pete Dye. Rates out pretty well over the past four rounds, at least, in terms of the modeling. Uh, and if the ball striking is going to be there over the course of the entire week, maybe we'll get another 30 number on him, although he continues to play well week after week after week. And uh, we'll see how that ends up turning out. Anyway, that's the first look for the Travelers Championship. If you want to use Fantasy National to the best of your abilities, I just kind of walked you through my research again, how I kind of get a first look, get caught up on everything, how you can access the in-tournament stats. All that stuff will be loaded onto FantasyNational.com after the tournament concludes on Sunday. It'll probably take a few hours to get all the data in and sorted and all that. But by Monday morning, everything will most definitely be there, most likely by Sunday night as well. But you can just get the early start on the field if you're already out of it at Heritage or just have nothing to fuck can do that's the point of this one like you can throw chuck on the early morning golf where they have like 90 percent commercials anyway and get yourself just prepared for next week that's the best way to go about it promo code mayo or fantasy 
fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. Highly recommend that, as I highly recommend smashing the like button to the video, leaving a five-star review or just rating on the audio podcast for the Pat Mayo Experience. We've been inside the top five for fantasy sports worldwide. We've been inside the top 100 overall for all sports podcasts in the United States, in Canada, and worldwide uh, over the past two weeks. So it's been you know hugely beneficial to me obviously being inside the top 100 of that but i really do appreciate the support so please keep telling friends keep retweeting keep sharing i'd like to get up to number one as we get into that because i'm gonna have more football stuff coming out i have those movie brackets we have cuss corners every single day we've been putting out content so even if you don't fucking care about whatever the content is just download it anyway uh and just delete it right away that would really go a long way to help me out like those ratings so hopefully we can surge back up the list coming for you fantasy footballers although my guy jeff radcliffe uh he's just another one of the announcements who joined fade the noise recently he just launched a new podcast football only it's called the rant uh i recommend you subscribe i think jeff is one of the best in the business obviously jeff and brad are both my friends i wish him the best of luck at all times and especially with this new site it looks really cool uh so you can go check that out and check out his podcast just don't go subscribe right now subscribe like next week when shows start coming out so we can get the pat mayo experience vaulted back up above them all right pat mayo experience open listeners league link is in the description of this video and podcast that'll do it to me let's run hot on sunday sergio webb maybe tower duncan wants to shoot 59 i don't know that would be nice as well but either way i hope you have some green screens out there thanks to our junkies for coining that phrase i'm going to steal it from you right now uh just go win some cash want to hear from you too we've fantasy national members had a ton of success friday in showdown contest claiming spots one and two in the single entry twelve dollars so hopefully i continue to see some of these big screenshots run through that would be amazing i hope someone hits big this week a member and a listener was in first place in the millionaire maker after two rounds don't think he's there anymore but hey we'll end up seeing how it all shakes out come sunday i'll be back like i said monday with feinberg until then i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.